Love War. Welcome to the Love War Podcast. As always, we are Grant and Brian, one of us a professional musician, pastor, and recovering pastor's kid, the other a media relations expert. I say that with a lot of enthusiasm and authority. Expert, <laughs> a writer and a pop culture aficionado. I really do think you're an expert, man. Hey, thank you. I appreciate that. I really do think you're Patting an myself on the back right now. Yeah, I do. How's it going? I do. Uh, it's going good, you know. Had a birthday uh, a little bit ago. Feel like the same as I did when I was 19. Yeah, isn't that scary? Um. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't It's funny. I, I was having a conversation with somebody yesterday who was like, um, I think they're like, you know, I never think you're that old. I was like, I don't know, that old? I guess, and they were like 27, 28. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, you don't look like, first of all, you don't look old at all. And I think that you would, you know, whatever, 29, 30, 28. I was like, dude, I feel the same as I did when I was. 21, 19, except that, you know, I have a lot more autonomy. Right, right, yeah. It's a better you situation know. when you're a little <laughs> bit older. Yeah. So. You also have more bills. Dude, I have a lot more bills. Um, and it's funny, I didn't, you know, autonomy, I have more autonomy than I did when I was 18, but I'm married, so obviously you have to take into consideration, you know, um, the responsibilities of life and being married. And That's all right. I was talking to my wife about that the different. other day. I said, you know, um, my ideal vacation mm. right now, not that I don't love my wife and my daughter because I love them to death. I, I hate spending time without them. But right. if I could just have one night mm -hmm. in like a really like rickety motel. Rickety. Read, yeah, reading a book. In silence, mm -hmm. like that's my dream vacation right now. In the mm. middle of the woods, in in Appalachia somewhere, just reading a book in silence, in in a in a like strip motel, like that's <laughs> that's my dream. That would for Father's Day. If that's what I get for Father's Day, like my gift is like here, you know, you're you're gonna spend the night in this hotel with like low weekly rates and let's, let's, read a book. Let's explore that real quick. Uh, why? Why is it? Why a book? I don't get time to read right now. I just I yeah, never okay. have time to read. I want to read. Right. Right. Okay. Um, why a rickety hotel? Uh, you know, there's just something about cheap motels or hotels and the coin op TV and the bed that vibrates when you put the quarter in. <laughs> you know that kind of thing. The 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 ones that have hourly rates. You know, like, like that's because I spend a lot of time in nice hotels for my job. I don't want a nice hotel. I know what that feels like. Like I want a right. bad hotel. Okay. I want Dude. something like America's best value in, you know, or something that's not even a part of a chain, something Listen. that's named like Moe's or something. Moe's. They are all over South Jersey. They're all over Burlington County, New Jersey. All over where I grew, not grew, well, I did grow up there. I'm ashamed to say that, <laughs> actually. But um, they're all over, and they're all this, they're all one floor. They all have like those neon signs with vacancy, no vacancy. Yeah, I love it. They, you know, they're all like, yeah, man. Um, I read geez. this book as a kid. It was called The TV Kid. It was a, like a young adult novel. Um, mm -hmm. And it was about this kid whose mom owned one of those motels. And right. I, I don't know. I just kind of grew up fantasizing it like, and fantasizing that, that th there's a certain kind of allure that that sort of place has to me. Mm -hmm. um, this, this just attachment. I didn't stay in nice hotels growing up, but I stayed in like at least a step up from that kind of thing. Right. So I, I don't know. That's the kind of thing that I would dig for for gotcha. a little mini vacation. It's so funny. I mean, the, when you see when you see something like some kind of Hitchcock thing, you know what I mean? Like it's almost it's almost like uh, not romantic, but you're like, I really want to know That's what might exactly happen it. to me. What might happen to me if I stay here? I want to, you know. Like, yeah, there's a little bit of danger involved, right? Like yeah, there's there's right. a little bit of risk taking there that I like. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, you get you get some you get some adrenaline shots for sure. I, I'm a I'm a, a married father, and and here I am talking about my dream vacation is, <laughs> and and one of the biggest risks that I allow myself to take is staying <laughs> staying at a a, a non a, a non chain strip motel. Dude, it, it's a little dark, but I think you know there's some. Uh, but you know. I mean, who knows? Because once you might, you do it once and you're like, all right, that's it. That's I'm it. Good. I'm good. I'm done. I think the question would be too, like, what are you reading? Like, what are you bringing Probably to Stephen read? Probably Stephen King or something, you know? Yeah, totally. Something yeah. that has to, like, really mess you up while you're there. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. My dream vacation is really more of a nightmare. That's what it boils down to. <laughs> <laughs> it's the start of a horror movie is what it is. Yeah. Hey, man, I, you know, I, I think that's totally okay. It, you know, there's a little, you know, there's a little, there's a little sickness there. Like, just like, I, I just want to be in a horror film. That's kind of what I want to do. Yeah. What I want to be. That's my vacations. How I want to spend my time when I'm not working. My job is so good that, <laughs> I really just want to be in the middle of a horror film. Ah, ah, yeah. Well, we're going to go a little bit dark today, aren't we? Yeah, it is dark, man. Um, I'm curious to see how many people, um, like, first of all, how many people actually think about what we're going to talk about today. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, It's kind of out of sight, out of mind. Right, exactly. And the funny thing is, is like, you got two point you know, over 2 billion people now, 2.3 billion users. Um, and they're obsessed with, you know, the scroll. Everybody's obsessed with the scroll. You get, you, you, you just start scrolling through, you know, the social media thing. You start scrolling through and, uh, and you're caught in it right now. Uh, you see, you know, you're really tired of your friend posting these cat videos or whatever the other videos are, you know, that they, of their kids. First of all, okay, hold on. <laughs> if Here we go. This is a rant. I can tell it's coming. Listen, if one more of my friends posts a, a, a baby video of their baby doing nothing, <laughs> nothing. Like See, not here's not here's anything. the thing. Okay, all right. I as as a father of a one year old, I can defend this a little bit. The 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 months and years are short, but the days are so long. And and they can be exhausting. And so when you see anything that's out of the norm, you just feel the need to share it. You got to share right. it with other people. Even even if it is nothing, it's like this is there are days that your child just brings you to your knees and you're like this is this is what my life has been reduced to. Listen, you can judge me if I have a kid whenever I do, if I do, you can judge me however you want and say, "Look, you're a hypocrite. I told you." But if somebody does another another photo dump of 50 50 photos of their son or baby daughter or whatever doing the same thing in every photo and then have a video of it all. I just can't take it anymore. Like I hide. hide. My, my question, because I do uh, um, post every couple of weeks, maybe I'll post something on Instagram, a photo uh, of, um, of my daughter. Um, Mm -hmm. And then from time to time, like on Facebook, I'll post something funny that she did is I think that words are funnier than pictures in a lot of cases. Well, yeah, but Um, at least, but what you're doing though, is you're actually writing, you know, something hilarious and you know, there's some kind of commentary underneath the photo. Well, that's what I'm saying. Hey, look what my baby (laughs) didn't do today. There's, there's, I, I do curate my content, right? I am a content (laughs) curator when it comes to my daughter because I know that people don't want to see that all the time. So I, I I understand. I guess I see it. I see it from both sides. Mm -hmm. Uh, I look at Uh, clouds from both sides now. I'm like, I'm like uh, Joni Mitchell. Right. Yeah. I don't see it from both sides. I say (laughs) uh, a few rules. One, how in the world, if you're a father, do you, have the guts to post a picture of your wife in labor, post-labor. Okay, I don't know if your wife is cool with that, totally okay. I don't know. If I did that, if I did that, my wife would have no problem killing me. No (laughs) problem killing me at all. Like, she would totally be okay with like, oh, you posted me in this? All right, we're done. Like, two, all right, two. Um, I like 
the the world is already full of of kids getting you know participate participation trophies. Um, so I guess I don't know. I know I know everybody thinks their kid is the cutest thing on earth and all that. It just and uh, maybe I'm just real out of line and out of touch with everybody, and I don't have a kid, so I can't even I can't even. Uh, I can't even. I don't have empathy. I don't have empathy when it comes to that. I I, I don't know what it is. I don't know. Well, here's the I, thing. Um, if you don't have empathy right now, when you don't have a kid, mm-hmm. uh, I think that there's there's a part of you that grows, and that's like <laughs> it grows. It does. You're, you're saying that I'm still immature. And in no, places, what I'm you? saying I, is like it's like the Grinch thing with the heart that grows. You know, at the <laughs> at the end of the show. Um, but but I I will say this like. As a parent, <clears throat> excuse me, as a parent, uh, I don't necessarily want to see photos of other people's kids all the time either. You know what see? I mean? So, so I, I get it. I get it. Uh, especially if it's, especially if it's doing nothing. Like, listen, there's only a couple things worse than that. Okay, one, making your kid your profile picture. Okay. Okay. All right. The other thing is having a joint Facebook with your spouse. See, I oh, man. those people are deranged. So, uh, do you think that though that the people who have those joint Facebook accounts is that like an accountability thing? Like one of them doesn't trust the other, so it's like so I can see all of your messages and you're not cheating on me, like that kind of thing. Like what? What uh, is that? Okay, give your give then give your uh, spouse your password. Sure. I mean, I have a standing. I think that I might have said this before, like on a on a podcast episode. I have a, a standing agreement with my wife that like she can snatch my phone out of my hand at any time and look at anything that she wants to, because sure. I've got nothing to hide, right? Sure, that's fine. I just think that like I just I just think that people who have joint Facebook accounts with their spouses are tools, and then they they uh, do the the name abbreviation thing. So it's like Grant and Rebecca would be all one name. Grant and Rebecca. Right. Yeah, see, yeah. See, that should be against Facebook's uh, community guidelines. I think it guidelines. technically it is. I think it's. I think it's just like you. Uh, you just. You're not able to have. You're not. You're not allowed. You're not allowed to have a Facebook page. It's like the people who shouldn't be able to vote. <laughs> well, that's a conversation for another day, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure that'll take up a full hour. <laughs> So there's a lot of, uh, speaking of content that's posted on Facebook, there's a lot of content that isn't posted on Facebook or that is posted and gets taken down right away. We're mm-hmm. talking about this piece in The Verge called The Trauma Floor, The Secret Life of Facebook Moderators in America. Did you know, and this is something Grant and I were talking about before the podcast started, might not be on a lot of people's radar, but not everything that gets posted on Facebook comes across your feed. Part of that is because of algorithms that filters stuff out. Part of it is like even some of your own friends on Facebook, like you don't, because of Facebook's algorithm, for whatever reason, they don't pop up as frequently as other people's uh, Facebook accounts do. But there's actually people who filter out content whose job it is to sit down and approve content that could be anything from those photos of babies that we were talking about to mm-hmm. um, the most gruesome sexual and violent acts imaginable. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And their job That's- is to sit down and actually watch this stuff and figure out whether it, uh, whether it meets Facebook's guidelines or not. You know, I just see that's the thing. I, like, you know, Facebook's algorithm is so smart and they know me so well. Why do they keep freaking putting baby pictures in my feed? <laughs> All right. So, baby pictures are one thing, but what would you do if you were scrolling through Facebook and you saw, for example, and I, I'm going to try to be delicate because I know this is like content trigger warning subject matter, but you saw somebody being murdered. Right? Mm-hmm. Is that something that you you think that uh, you want to see when you log on to Facebook? Uh, no, obviously not. You know, obviously, like you you have these you you know when you roll into Facebook, right? Whether you know it or not, you have these subconscious expectations, right? You have sure. these subconscious expectations because of the because of the the ecosystem that the networks, the social networks have already curated, there's certain expectations that you have, 
right? Same thing on Instagram. Um, so you automatically, so when you see something like that, it's you know, it's you automatically, uh, you know, are alarmed or something like that. You, you don't ever expect to do that. You don't ever expect to, to. Now that's just the that's just the ecosystem expectations. Like as a human being, as a as a as a like as a human being, you don't expect to see those things anyway, because. Like seeing somebody murdered in the movies is one thing. Seeing something, somebody murdered in real life, dude, it's, it's, you know, or on video, it's not the same thing, you know? And there's a, there's a, you know, even if you see somebody murdered on a movie or TV show or whatever, there's still a, a Philippians four issue there, you know, with whatever is true, whatever is noble. And I don't want to get into that. I, I'm not in the business of criticizing what other people's limitations are in their entertainment, yeah. of course. Totally. Um, but, but, um, yeah, the expectation's not there that you would run into that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. So, you know, obviously that's jolting, you know, when you, when you roll onto that and, and, and by the way, I, I, okay. You just don't expect those things to go on. Now, now you have an entire, let's see, how long has YouTube been around? Since 2000, was it eight, seven, six, something like that? I think that it was after I was in college, but I could be wrong about that. So I'm dating myself a little bit, but I uh, post, post 2008. Yeah, I think somewhere around there. Um, oh, 2005. 14 okay. years ago must yeah. have been a fringe like a, a niche and I frankly I don't know that my college uh, internet connection had the bandwidth to support that kind of thing anyway right yeah well I so this isn't this isn't really a new problem sure um, anytime you know there you know anytime there's going to be videos or anyone you know there's going to be somebody somewhere in the world that's going to be uploading some kind of trash or something like that that's another interesting whatever there's so many rabbit holes we could go down on this one like for instance um there are community guidelines i mean we talked about this uh you know a few episodes back when we were talking about what's his name and got banned on twitter right so, right yeah and um, the, the thing is, is they keep them all very vague just so they can ban whatever they want. Now, obviously, um, and he goes into some of that into the article. He goes into the, he goes into some of the, he, you know, it's this will be banned, but this won't be banned because of this. Right. right? There's some nuance yeah. there. Yeah. So and obviously we're in we're in like we're we're in, exp, you know, we're in completely new territory even though they've been doing this for 14 years or there's been, this has been like uh, a community like this has been in existence for 14 years when, you know, when you relative to YouTube, but you know, obviously this is just all, 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 all new territory. So, and they keep it vague on purpose, especially politically. Um, They keep all this stuff vague on purpose so that they don't have to be nailed to the wall. Um, And I understand that. For any, for one thing or another, sure. I understand that. The you point know. for me, and the the crazy thing for me, um, is that there's this sort of seedy underbelly of Facebook that we don't see, that we're completely inoculated from, um, yeah. and it it takes its toll on the people who are actually approving or or uh, unapproving the content. So here's some of this piece's key findings. Like I said, this is uh, from The Verge, and this is from just a couple of days ago, February 25th. Um, So the moderators of Facebook work for uh, a separate company that's under contract called Cognizant. Moderators in Phoenix make about 30 grand a year, a little less. The average Facebook employee, by comparison, has a total compensation of 240 grand. Um, so they're already like, it's not like these people are getting paid very well to watch videos of people being murdered and, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, team leaders, micromanage content moderators, every bathroom break. So it's, uh, we're talking about work and work environment. That's um, not entirely hospitable. Employees can be fired after making just a handful of errors a week. Those who remain live in fear of former colleagues returning to seek vengeance. One man we spoke to started bringing a gun to work to protect himself. Um, People do illicit things here at uh, wherever Cognizant's headquarters is. 
Um, like I said, one is in, yeah, it's uh, uh, Phoenix. Um, everything from uh, sex inside stairwells to um, to smoking pot at work, moderators routinely high at work. And then, talking about the personal toll, employees are developing PTSD-like symptoms after they leave the company but are no longer eligible for any support from Facebook or Cognizant. And this is pretty crazy. Employees have begun to embrace the fringe viewpoints of the videos and memes that they're supposed to moderate. The Phoenix site is home to a flat earther and a Holocaust denier. One former employee tells us he no longer believes 9-11 was a terrorist attack. So not only are they having post-traumatic stress disorder symptoms um, from this content, but they're also beginning to kind of agree with the content. Um, and, and the fringe views that are espoused by the content that they're moderating. Hmm. I mean, I think he, that's probably a very, 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 that's, that has to be the minority. Oh, you know I would I mean? imagine. I mean, yeah, I, I'm sure it's a small percentage. Um, uh, and you, got, you can talk about whether or not these people are especially impressionable, yeah, which exactly. is, you know, but uh, another sort of, uh, something to think about. Um, you know, these people are subjected to a lot of the same kind of things that um, military drone pilots, for example, are subject to. Um, and the military's benefits, there, there are, of course, some drawbacks to being in the military, but the military benefits that you would get from doing a job like that far exceed the $28,800 that these people are getting paid to moderate Facebook's content. In addition to... Uh, the the other work environment issues like um, nine minutes per day of allotted wellness time, nine yeah. nine minutes a day of allotted wellness time. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, and I, I would imagine that they have to provide things like lunch and and uh, bathroom breaks. But it says that even bathroom breaks are micromanaged. That that sounds like a a crazy oppressive work environment. Um, so yeah. not only are you dealing with oppressive content, but you're dealing with an oppressive work environment. Um, I, you know, whether or not, and we can talk about the uh, the uh, invisible hand of the free market, and, and whether or not uh, a place like this should be allowed to exist. I, I just I think that uh, that at least from a humanitarian perspective, it's unethical. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure that I'm I'm sure that you know they could do a lot more uh, when it comes to you know support time or wellness time or, or all that. You know, I'm sure that there's some things that they could kind of adjust there and, and all that. Um, it seemed like it seemed like whoever wrote the article was kind of. It, it was making it sound like most people last about a year yeah, or so. Um, and I see, I, I don't, I don't really have a problem with the pay thing. Um, and comparing it to, to Facebook, I think a Facebook employee thing is apples and oranges. Um, but uh, you know, if, if they don't like the pay, you know, they can, they can get up and leave. Nobody's forcing them um, completely. The, I, I'm, kind of would have a little bit of a free market approach for sure when it comes to that. Um, I think they could be a little bit more responsible, obviously, when it comes to being able to support their employees. You know, it said, you know, he made a point to say, I guess some of the people who manage are, um, they seem to care about the employees, which is, which is great. You know, that's totally cool. Now, this is, it's going to evolve their, you know, their reputation is going to precede them, you know, when it comes to hires and all that stuff, when it comes to, Hey, you know, you should really, you know, whatever. And apparently they're, they, they, they can turn you over pretty quick. You you know, you have, you have to have like more than a 90, what did he say? 95% accuracy rating. Yeah. Once you fall below 95, your job is at risk. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like a gamified uh, workplace. It seems like, which, you know, that's if you can pay, if you can pay twenty eight, 
thousand or whatever and you know managers are making a dollar or two more of you an hour you know i guess that's what the article said and you have to have an accuracy rating of 95 percent. i mean if they can keep up with that you know until cognizant fails or until there needs to be adjustment made i mean what you know that's i guess that's their prerogative at the same time at the same time you know you'd think first of all if you're if you want a cush environment like don't go work for a company that literally has to comb through like videos right <laughs> right that's why she said i think or somebody said that they most people don't make it through the training or whatever oh sure i don't think that i would and i've seen some <laughs> i've seen some pretty crazy stuff you know, I'm no, I'm no um, uh, stranger. Not that I frequent this kind of thing, but uh, I'm no stranger to to videos of Live Leak, which often posts uh, videos. There, there are some pretty nasty videos on on Live Leak of uh, murders and suicides and things like that. But they also post um, some breaking information when it comes to. Um, uh, anything from mass tragedies to uh, to C-SPAN videos, you yeah. know. So it's it's not all of a uh, bad place. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, um, do you think that Facebook should just leave it up to its users to decide, rather than taking this? segment of the population that makes through the training and then, you know, has to deal with this stuff in a concentrated fashion. Do you think that Facebook should just leave it up to, uh, to its users to determine what's good and what's bad, what's appropriate and what's not? I mean, kids use Facebook increasingly less, but kids use Facebook. Do you want kids to be scrolling through their feed and seeing somebody's head get chopped off? Yeah, no, I, you know, I don't think that's the thing. Like, I, I don't, I, I think this is a, this is obviously a necessary job. Um, and, and that's the thing point- about censorship though. Like we all, I, I think that everybody wants limits on censorship, right? Yeah. But there's always a point, always a point at which somebody says, you know what? Like that's too far. That's, that's where my line would be. Everybody's got their own personal line. Yeah, but I mean, uh, Facebook's a, and you know, it's a publicly traded company, and it's it's the point that it you know it, it exists to make money, so it has to be it has to be a very very wide acceptable net, because then you know advertising goes down, once usership goes down, and all those other things, so it has to be acceptable, you know. Facebook wants kids to be on Instagram. Facebook wants, you know, you know, people with morals to be on, uh, to use its platform. They want the most conservative people to be on its platform. Do you really think that? I do. And I don't mean necessarily politically. Politi- right. Yeah, I don't necessarily mean conservatively or politically, which by the way, here's a, here's a little, little bit of rabbit trail that explains, you can, that explains a lot more, um, when you have a, it sounds like most of, according to the article, the people who work there um, are are mostly younger, right out of you know, right out of college sure. and stuff. So you can, and with the amount of like, hey, uh, that's okay, but this isn't. I mean, the amount of judgment that you have to put in, um, you know, with the stuff that's kind of gray, you can you can start to see, you know, where certain videos are banned and certain videos aren't banned, right? Like oh, you yeah. can see, you know, like when it comes to, like there was that argument with that, uh, was it a senator or congresswoman who was running in California um, who I think she was like, was she an immigrant or her parents were immigrants from Vietnam and they showed, you know, pieces of, you know, the Vietnam War and because it showed war, it wasn't anything... It wasn't anything crazy, but because they showed war, her ad, her political ad was um, banned. Oh, right, right, yeah. Right, and then they, you know, they went back and, you know, they were like, oh, sorry, we didn't mean to do that, blah, blah, blah. 
and everybody was making out to legs because she's a because she's a Republican. That's why. Now, I don't know. There's so much gray area whether it was she was a Republican or was because there was, you know, they don't allow war clips unless it's in some kind of memorial or they said something like that, right? Right. The so there's there's some sort of standard for, um, and I'm I'm trying to see where that is. Um, but there's, there's some sort of, uh, parameter via or for, through which certain things are allowed to be seen. So for example, here's, here's a good example. Um, I was listening to NPR a few weeks ago and they were talking about the, uh, 2013 Boston bombing, the Boston marathon bombing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was this image uh, it, it may have won a Pulitzer Prize of a guy who lost his legs in the blast. Um, mm. a, a very gruesome image, but an image of him being rescued. And, and the guy ended up, uh, he survived, um, got prosthesis, uh, prosthetics. I, I think that he, um, actually, he might have been the one who ended up like marrying his nurse or something like that. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, so Facebook initially banned the image and then decided within minutes to reverse course because it was newsworthy. Now you get down into questions of what what is newsworthy, right? Is it is it newsworthy to see um, a mass shooting, right? Video of a mass mm-hmm. shooting. Um, is it newsworthy to see, like you were talking about, uh, images depicting war? Um, so that's one of the standards that Facebook has that yeah. that the moderators have to make the decision. It's not up to the algorithms to make that decision. It's up to the moderators, actual human people, to determine whether or not the content is appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, so a lot. So you can start thinking about those things, and you know, like, okay, this makes a little bit more sense. I mean, there was one time where, and I'm not. I'm sure. I'm sure it's the same people. I was selling like, I was on Facebook Marketplace, and I was selling like. Uh, there's these, there's like these coffee urns called Cambros and it's just like a, you know, it's just, you know, you, you have like five gallon, it's like a five gallon, like catering coffee kind of thing. Like and a I, carafe I, I, sort of thing. Yeah. They're large. They're all black. Mine are black. And the funny thing is, is I like, I took a picture of it in front of a storage unit. Um, my storage unit, which, which, which is orange, right? So you had this black thing that looked like a box in front of this orange garage door and they they, they like they uh, declined my photo and my um, picture and all that because they said like you're not allowed to sell guns and weapons on Facebook Marketplace. Oh my gosh! And I was like, so I immediately wrote back. I was like, I was like, yo, this is not a weapon. This is a this is a Cambro. Like this is like a, co- a coffee urn. And I don't know if it looked like like an ammo box or something like a large ammo box or what it was. Um, and I don't know if it was like the combination of the black and the like orange that threw some, yeah. but it was, it was really interesting. So like, at, and was that instantly? It was like something, it was, you know, within like a minute or two. Wow. You know, something like that. Holy uh, cow. But like, yeah. So after like the third time I was like, why are you, you keep flagging this? Why are you flagging this? And then eventually they must've, cause they didn't read it, I guess. I, I don't know. They didn't read it or they didn't believe me. But eventually I was like, dude, like this is a, look, look at the coffee spout. Like this is a, this is a hot liquid container. Right. Um, here, here's the thing that, that interests me, right? Everybody complains about the algorithm and, and all that. And I, you know, I think, I think the algorithm is pretty smart. And what I think what Facebook starts to talk about is like, this is going to start declining because, and this is, I think this is a short, this is a, this is going to be a very, something like cognizant in this capacity, I think is going to be, have a lot shorter life than people, think, especially with the emergence of, you know, AI. Yeah. And, and the, even the guy who's writing this, you know, he says something like, um, uh, you know, something about, so there was some quote about the limits of technology, 
was towards the end of the article. And do you want me to read that passage? Yeah, go ahead. It says, yeah. given the limits of technology and the infinite varieties of human speech, such a day appears to be very far away. In the meantime, the call center model of content moderation is taking an ugly toll on many of its workers, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know that that day is very far away. I think people severely underestimate AI and like an AR. Now, like when you're talking about like, uh, when you're talking like a consumer level and a culture, you know, acceptance of AI and AR and how that works in our everyday lives. Yeah. Yeah, sure. That's, you know, that's a long away. Just kind of like, you know, mass, mass acceptance of electric cars and like all those kinds of things, right? Gas stations aren't going away in the next 10 years, right? Unless something crazy, crazy, crazy happens, right? Like the Green New Deal. Yeah, I'm like, Joe, we don't need to get into that. Like that, <laughs> you know, like listen, you're not gonna, you're not gonna take away my man's pickup in in Nebraska. Like you're not sure, right? He's still gonna run on gas. It will. Um, it, but so, I, but when it comes to an acceptance and you know of the way the AI kind of um, will take over, I think when it comes to business, like it's a whole other world. Yeah. Completely different world, and, and I agree. I'm I'm actually a little bit more bullish on the technology. I think than um, and and obviously nobody writes a piece without an agenda. I think I think that the agenda of this piece is good, um, showing what the plight is of these workers who do things behind the scenes that you and I mm-hmm. don't get to uh, necessarily appreciate because we don't know sure. that it's happening. You know, I yep. I get that, but yeah, um, I I think that that the tone of that particular segment was a little bit pessimistic given how far we have already come with mm-hmm. AI, AR, and, uh, and technologies that do the, the filtering out for us. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think people know how, um, you know, I don't think people know how advanced all of those things are. And I get it, like, you know, uh, and, and the, the thing was, is I think this is a really, I mean, we're talking about it. So it was a really great piece that he wrote yeah. and like, you know, was walking through. I don't necessarily agree with all of his, you know, what, you know, all the points that you walk away with, but there are some things and steps that can be, you know, can, can be taken, you know, seriously. And, um, uh, at the same time, you know, we're in like completely new territory here. So here's something else that I wanted to talk about. Have you heard about these, uh, uh, hidden things spliced into kids' YouTube videos. You know, I've heard about that. I saw it. I, you know, somebody I saw um, posted about that um, yesterday. So we were talking about YouTube, and apparently YouTube's algorithm, I don't know if it's if it only scans like a part of the video and doesn't scan the whole thing, but uh, this is from the Washington Post. Um, minutes into the clip from the children's video game, a man appeared on screen offering instructions on how to commit suicide. On YouTube, uh, this video shows a man pop into the frame. Remember, kids, he begins holding what appears to be an imaginary blade to the inside of his arm, sideways for attention, long ways for results which is obviously shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, there was something that happened uh, a while back that YouTube is cracking down on or was cracking down on called Elsagate. And you can check this out on Wikipedia. Uh, there's a, a Wikipedia page. It's a... Um, Controversy surrounding videos on YouTube and YouTube Kids that are categorized as child-friendly, but that contain themes that are inappropriate for children, such as violence, sexual situations, fetishes, drugs, alcohol, toilet humor. Um, a lot of times there's uh, there's blood and violence and gore and, and things like that in these videos. Or um, uh, I've also seen videos that uh, allude to pregnancy and other topics that kids probably shouldn't be aware of. Um, so, you know, speaking of algorithms and speaking of, um, AI and AR and the digital methods by which we filter these videos, um, and, and this content, there's, there's still some work to be done in terms of it falling short. Yeah, totally. I think, I think that there's, um, there's a ton of, you know, there's a lot of work that has to be done at the same time. 
I think we severely underestimate what AI and AR, you know, what it's capable of, especially when it comes to recognizing combinations of words in certain, you know what I mean, in certain points of time and all that. I mean, the government's been using that forever. Um, obviously, it's just like not, you know, readily, like we don't use it every day. But I, I think that people really underestimate that. Um, and whether or not the technology is too expensive or it's, you know, I, I don't know. I think there's a ton of possibilities. Obviously, if it was cheaper, you know, Facebook would be using it more. If sure. it was more reliable, Facebook would be using more. They wouldn't be, you know, subcontracting everything and, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Um, I just think that, I, I think that that's, I think we underestimate how capable, you know, that kind of technology is. And I mean, uh, a lot of it for me, or at least another um, sort of part of the subject to broach is we're probably overusing and over-relying on these technologies to begin with. Um, do you have, I don't know if you have an iPhone, but uh, now it, it gives you that uh, that update on your screen time. So it tells you how much time you spent on your phone, um, what you've spent it on in terms of like social media or, um, you know, various other, uh, things that you can do on your iPhone. And it tells you how, how you're doing compared to your average usage on other days, which I think is pretty nuts. Um, it's helpful, I guess, to let me know how much time I'm, I'm spending on my phone. But what it's done is it's, it's kind of guilt tripped me into how much time I look down and it's like hours that I spend on my phone a day. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when, I mean, especially when, you know, a lot of your, job, my job has to do with oh, yeah. f- communication, has to do with social, has to do with anything like that. So I, I think people, listen, it's, I don't think it's going to change very and much. And this stuff is not going away. Yeah. It's not going to change. I mean, I, I've heard people say they want to put their kids in front of, in front of as many screens as possible so that they're that much more advanced you know, 15 years down, can you imagine the world that they're going to live in 20 years down the road? Like, and you can't, you're, you're not going to hide them from this. It's not, you know, technology is never reversed, right? It's not, it's not, we're not going to live all of a sudden back in like, you know, the stone age. You sure. know what I mean? It's just not going to happen. Um, so, you know, unless you buy into the dystopian theories where, you know. <laughs> but I, you know, I don't, uh, anyway, I've heard I've heard both sides of it. Like, oh, you know, you need to limit your kids' screen time and all that. Like, I, you know, you know, the world that your kids are going to live in in, in in twenty years, in ten years, and you know, in in another five years. And you know, us as you know, we're only you know, and we we're only thinking about hey, you know, it's just not healthy. It's just not healthy. Um, social interaction is down. Like, it, like. Uh, well, the what do thing you think is, this, no, go ahead. Sorry. No, what do you think the world is, how the world is going to exist in 15 years and 10 years from now? Oh, like sure. You, and there's, and, and because of that, there's a backlash, I think, against uh, screen time limits, how much is too much. I think that um, letting parents decide for themselves is probably the best course of action. Um, but in fact, there's a movement right now that's getting parents to embrace the fact that their kids love to be a part of technology and and uh, teaching them from an early age that this stuff is good it can be used for good here's here's good uses of that technology not to make it something that they do all day every day but to integrate it into a into family life um, in a way that's meaningful and and useful uh, and healthy yeah absolutely and I think yeah, I think that you leave that up to, I think you leave that up to families, and you leave that up to, um, uh, you know, parents and all that. I, I just think that completely ignoring, you know, technology when it comes to that and having such a, uh, having such a very a small a small view of what the world will look like 
is I, I think is I think you're doing a little bit of a disservice to your child as well. I totally agree with that. Um, yeah. Well, on that note, um, let's wrap it up with finding out what you've been into lately. Um, so, I mean, do you want to tell us what you've been doing uh, since our last podcast? You've been in Nashville. Yeah, yeah, uh, we've been um, taking care of, uh, you know, Re- Rebecca, my wife, has been recording her record down there, and, um, you know, been able to work with some really, really unbelievable musicians and producers um, because of people who believed in her project and backed her project. And It's um, so awesome. It's crazy, man. It really is when you think about it. Uh, there was a little bit of a wrench in it because when we were down there, um, you know, we're tracking all these things and she just all of a sudden gets hit by the flu. And just like that, just at the like exact that, worst point. Yeah, the exact time when she's supposed to do vocals gets hit by the flu and she can't record vocals and um, just can't and uh, doesn't have her full voice and all that. So we actually have to go down and in a, in a few more weeks and actually go back and, uh, take care and record all the vocals, track all the vocals. And it's the funny thing is we'll be able to do it and well, she'll be able to do it in like, you know, probably two days. And, um, it's just a shame though, because you have all of this, you know, you have a lot of, um, this has been a a crazy journey and and she's going to, it's her story to tell, you know, just, just this album. But, um, (laughs) <laughs> it was just, it was just such a real bummer. Like her, her like down there or at the top of this mountain, we're going to knock this sucker out while we're down here. And then all of a sudden, boom, you know, she's like, she can't get out of bed. So, but she's fully um, recovered now, right? Um, not, not fully recovered actually. Oh, boy. She's, um, she, she will be probably in a couple of weeks, you know, the flu is, has a, you know, a lot to do with your respiratory system. So the stuff that hangs on in your lungs and all that, it's just, it's crazy. So she's had to, you know, get some, some medicine again, you know, try to really knock the rest of it out. But by the time we go back, uh, she should be at a hundred percent. And when will that be? Do you have a dates planned yet? Uh, yeah. Um, I think it's going to be in April. Um, and there's, there, it's, it's kind of funny. Well, I know the weeks that it is. Um, but I'll share that when, when the time comes, because it's, nice. it's actually kind of funny the way that everything has worked out and you just really have seen God's hand in everything. And, um, again, like that's her story to tell and I'll, I'll tell it at some point, but uh, it's just, it's just, it's really exciting. The project is going to, is going to be really awesome. The, the, uh, the music is, is I'm, I'm so happy with the way it was done. It's so, it sounds so good. Um, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be super exciting. Well, that's something for all of us to look forward to. I'm really yeah. looking forward to it myself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you hear your songs come to life, you know, there's nothing, you know, um, when you have somebody like a producer of that caliber and musicians of that caliber that are just able to, um, you know, you hear them and you work on them and you grind on them, you know, in private and you hear all these things. And, but then, you know, all of a sudden when you hear all the, when you hear everything come together, there's, it does that never gets old. It just never. Yeah. There's gets something old. that's really special about that. I've been in that position, not quite on that level, but in that position before. And it's, it's always awesome to see that stuff come to fruition. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as far as what I've been like watching slash binging on um i i just like probably within the last week yeah week and a half have gotten into um designated survivor what's this um it's it's a netflix series well it's not a netflix series it's on netflix right now oh is this Um, the key for sutherland key for sutherland you know it goes from 24 to you know being, you know, the, uh, the president of the United States. So it's, it's intense, man. It's pretty cool. It's, it's cool to see. Now I never watched like, what are the other ones? Like house of cards and, uh, wasn't that a presidential thing? Yeah, it was. Yeah. West wing. Yeah. West wing. I never watched any of those. So seeing the, you know, seeing the, just the, the intensity of, 
Um, and obviously it only scratches the surface of what, you know, what our real government goes through like every day, you know, the, the decisions that our president has to make, make every day to, to some people, it's just so funny how, you know, issues are so black and white, you know, to people who are polarized on one side of the aisle or another. I mean, just watching that is like, um, if you have enough understanding and empathy for, um, just the office and being like, do you understand what this, you know, this, somebody like this, a human being has to go through sure. <laughs> to make decisions and to oh, try yeah. to, to bring people together. And people who are like polarized by politics are like, no, nah, it's very simple. You're like, it's this and <laughs> right. like, no, nah, dude, it's, it's simple in your world. Like in your world, when you don't have to please anybody, <laughs> right, <laughs> like when, right. when you, when you can sit at your kitchen table or your, you know, wherever, like, but uh, anyway, so I'm kind of enjoying that right now. Nice. How about you? Oh man, I have been so into, so I, I know that I missed the boat on this from a year and a half ago, but, uh, I was a big Twin Peaks fan, mm-hmm. um, back when I was in college and loved the two seasons and the movie fire walk with me. Um, never got to see the Showtime episodes that they put out in the summer of 2017 until recently because I made my wife go back and watch all of the uh, original series with me so that we could watch that together. So I'm finally, I'm on, on the last episode of the third season of Twin Peaks and it is just the trippiest, craziest, uh, most imaginative ride I've ever been on. It's like, it exists in this weird land where it's like not quite episodic TV, but it's also not quite a movie because it's like, 18 episodes, 18 hours of, of entertainment. Um, some really bold directorial choices. David Lynch is, is a crazy visionary. Um, and, uh, I've been really enjoying that. So there's my plug for one of the greatest TV shows of all time, Twin Peaks, but, but definitely a third <laughs> season is, is, is pretty crazy. I've been loving it. Yeah. There's some, there's some good stuff coming up too. I mean, I, and I, I just, um, I just, I, I watched, I ended up getting into Manifest. I don't think that I know that either. That's the one where the, uh, the plane disappears for like zero time at all. Um, like when you're on the plane, but it was actually gone for five years. Um, if you, if you were like on earth with, if you were like actually, you know, on the ground, but anybody on the plane was, you know, and now they have these things where they can, you know, hear things, they call them calling. It, it was crazy, man. It, it was a slippery slope into it. Uh, I think this was just the first season and it literally just wrapped up like a, a week ago or something like that. See, I love that stuff. Like yeah. I, I was just a huge lost fan and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. oh man, that, that like supernatural pseudo sci-fi stuff. It just like, it gets me going. Yeah. So I might have to watch that. That sounds awesome. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. I never, I never saw lost or got into it, but I mean, uh, yeah, this, this was a, I definitely was like, found myself pretty kind of, you know, pretty obsessed with it. So that's <laughs> awesome. All right, man. Do you have anything to say before we head out? Stay no. off Facebook, kids. That's all I've got to say. <laughs> Stay off Facebook. Hey, it's been really good being with you. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, we'll see you next time. Love work.